Let me just proceed on that thought. I hadn't planned this, but we got a little extra time. Pop Spear was a great songwriter. He wrote in 18, he was born in 1891, the same year as my dad. His, nor, his name was G.T. or George Thomas Spear. He wrote songs like, I know my Savior cares for me. He wrote that great song, Heaven's Jubilee. And uh, they say that he was on a ship going to World War I, and he was from the cotton fields of Alabama and was discouraged, a little bit maybe depressed or whatever. And he wrote a great song, and it's a good one, that says, I know my Savior cares for me. Said, the darkest clouds may o'er me roll, undaunted I shall be. My faithful friend will keep my soul, I know. He cares. He cares for me. He watches o'er me day and night. He makes my many burdens light. I know my Savior cares for me. I like those kind of songs, don't you? See, somebody told me, said, you can't live in the past. And I said, the past is living in me. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, somehow, it, it, uh, I think as you get a little bit older, that you get more reflective and meditative and you think about things in life and uh, you reflect on that little bit. You know, uh, Shakespeare said that it's like on a stage that we come and we're here. Job said, I know that my Redeemer liveth and though my reins be consumed within me, I know that, that he's able to keep that. He wrote about being resurrected. He said uh, that he would live again. I like that, don't you? Job 14 and 2, if a man die, shall he live again? I want to try to preach tonight. You folks will never know what a blessing you've been to me. And I told Brother Bloom today, I said, just to think that somebody like me, Brother Carpenter, would be able to come to such a church of renown, a church that has had a tremendous influence, not only here, but in, around the world, that I'd get to come and meet some of you people. My folks were, like I said, they were poor people. We, uh, I know what an outhouse is, uh, I know what that kind of living. Now, I'm not diminishing it. I could eat some cornbread fritters right now with buttermilk. And it uh, seems like I'm being blessed. I don't know why it is, but, uh, you know, I'm a simple person. I still like fried bologna with eggs and that type of thing. You folks have been, some of you have been eating the wrong thing. Now, let me just do a little diatribe on that. For example, look at those animals out in Africa. The sleek ones that have such docility, they're versatile. They, they can run. They eat that red meat. Now, you take those larger animals that have a bulk like mine, they eat all that vegetation, green stuff. I'm telling you, I have concluded that salads are killing us. 
Now, I don't know if Brother Shelton Smith gets, when he gets here, seriously, somebody get him a can of Beanie Weenies. <laughs> he needs it. He'll be anemic if he doesn't have a can of Spam or something like that. You can't eat these medical doctors. A guy told me he went to the doctor the other day and the guy told him, said, I'll have you walking within a month. He said he was right. He said, I had to sell my car to pay for the bill. <laughs> so you, you, you can't listen to all these medical people. Go home, get you some hog jowl and then fry it up crispy. They used to, the old timers, see, I've got all their sayings. They didn't call it broiling, they called it briling. Brile you a little meat skin. Boy, you talk about euphoria coming your way. <laughs> see, my grandkids, my daughter is very persnickety about what they eat. I, I don't know, the grandkids, honestly, Brother Bloom, I have practice trying to say no to those kids and it won't come out. <laughs> I, I get in front of the mirror and just try to practice. Not long ago, my wife likes to go to Goodwill and Angie's ahead of the Christian school up in Knoxville. And they left the kids with me and it was a huge mistake. <laughs> they had not anymore cleared the door and I said, kids, I think there's some pop in the refrigerator and there's some candy and there's some cookies. Well, I don't know how Angie ascertained it, but when she returned, she said, dad, you didn't. I said, I did. <laughs> the kids had a far away look on their face. It was like they had discovered the seventh ring around Pluto. They won't leave the kids, Brother Carpenter, with me anymore. They get hitchhikers to sit with them. <laughs> but I have thoroughly enjoyed being here. I hope this is not my last time. Of course, you know, uh, at my age, they tell me not to get green bananas. But I asked a fellow the other day, I said, do you think that I could be feeling just as good as I look? <laughs> he said, why do we call 911? <laughs> but anyway, it's been a pleasure. I want you to turn to the book of Psalms tonight, chapter 137, and we're going to read four verses. Let's stand tonight. That'll give you a little bit. I, uh, I don't want to preach so long that you are checking your guarantees on your watches, but... Uh, uh, let me see what I can do with this tonight. The Bible said, by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, yea, we wept, when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof, for there that they that carried us away captive required of us, of us alone, and they that wasted us required of us mirth saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion. Verse four, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Our heavenly father, help us to be at our best for you. In Jesus name we pray, amen. I wanna give you three points on this. Brother Carpenter, you can take it out and add some meat to the bone and make the, 
the, the sermon uh, okay. Number one, there was a sadness that they could not shake. Now they're in captivity. I think it's around in the 700s from Jerusalem to Babylon, they are in captivity. And they were sad. I think I mentioned it this morning, brother. I get sad when I see what's happening in America. I'm sad for my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren. And I think maybe you are as well. I believe I said it this morning, but if not, I want to say it tonight. Christianity can survive without America, but America cannot survive without Christianity. We'll not make it. I mean, uh, it's just like the other day, they said that the weather got so cold, cold in Indiana and up through there, wind chill way, way below zero. Down in Indianapolis, they said they found two politicians with their hands in their own pocket. Now, uh, it's it's a very strange paradox when you think about it. Here they are in captivity and they're sad. I don't know, maybe I yearn for a different time. You reckon I do? See, I think more of a Norman Rockwell type society rather than a Hugh Hefner type place. I can't help it, but I just think that way. I think of a time when people gave their word and that was their bond. I think of a day and time when integrity was away up here. They say that Bobby Jones, the great golfer in the 1920s, missed a shot. He penalized himself and lost the tournament as a result, but it was integrity. Somebody said integrity is what you do when nobody else is a-watching, when you're by yourself. I don't know how to define that word exactly, but I know it's the epitome of trying to do what's right. This Bible that we have here has been forsaken. It's been attacked like never before, but I believe that it'll endure. I'm glad today for the Word of God. Amen. I'm glad today that it's preserved and that we can depend upon it. You see, we, the Bible said, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? In Isaiah chapter 30, the Bible said that this is a rebellious people, lying children, which say to the seers, the seers are the wise men, sages, they call them. They said, speak not unto us right things, speak unto us smooth things. Why is it today that we can't seem to believe anybody? I don't know about you, but I believe basically, now get my opinion on this, I believe basically that every news organization has an agenda. I believe that it's orchestrated, that they articulate what that agenda is. I think it includes even many of the conservative organizations. They tell you one thing, and then it's not long, they're on another narrative. It just seems like to me, somebody was asking me about Kentucky, that 15th state, you know, Vermont came in in 91, Kentucky in 92, Tennessee in 96. Uh, 
Louisiana, or Ohio in 1803, Louisiana in 1812, and Indiana, the 19th state, put your hand over your heart, was the 19th state. Now, uh, Florida, I don't know what year it came in, 1996 or something like that, but no, no. <laughs> we, I can remember when there were only 48 states. Only 48 states, the flag had 48 stars. And then Hawaii came in as the 50th state after Alaska. That's why they called it Hawaii 50. <laughs> see, a lot of you people remember stuff just like me, don't you? You're, I can see the wheels are turning up there, you know. And, and, and it's really good to have that kind of memory. This, uh, this uh, fellow down in Kentucky, I think it was, he was a country preacher. And uh, this lady and wanted to marry this man and the country preacher didn't have the, what you'd call the nomenclature of people that are more erudite and scholarly. And he looked at that woman, Brother Bloom, and he said, and told that man, he said, now for, for goodness, he said, for goodness, you'll take care of him when, uh, take care of her when she gets sick. And if she gets puny, you got to take care of her. And the lady looked at him and said, oh, Parson, don't try to talk him out of it. <laughs> I don't know why Brother Bloom and I are on the same page. I don't know. I reckon he'd be my brother or something. This boy was talking to his granny when she came to visit. <laughs> and he said, Granny, have you ever seen Daddy do any of his tricks? And she said, Honey, I don't know. Why would you ask that? He said, Well, I overheard him tell Mom that no doubt when you came to visit, he would probably climb the wall. <laughs> well, you know, friends, there is a sadness when you think about it. I think about many times, brother, people in those concentration camps, Dachau, Buchenwald, all of those places. My, my goodness. You know, when Franklin Roosevelt ordered General MacArthur out of the Philippines, sent him to Australia, they left in the middle of the night, General MacArthur, his wife, Jean, and their son, Arthur. They took them thousands of miles but for General Wainwright, he was left behind to face the Corregidor death march. At the end of the war, brother, he was just a shell of himself, emaciated. I think of the atrocities that no doubt that was infiltrated upon those poor people in those concentration camps. One of the worst things I believe that I ever heard it bothers me to think about it today. A man said that we lived there in Austria close to the railroad tracks. And he said we would hear people screaming and hollering. And he said he got where that they would sing the music with a louder intensity, a louder volume. And he said to this day, it still haunts me. Men like Dr. Mangala would do experiments and uh, on little children. Twins, he'd take a twin and put one eye out to see how it was facing the other. I think of little boys, Jewish boys, 
that wouldn't be allowed to play, wouldn't be allowed to do whatever. The night of the crystal knock, when they broke all the windows out of the places there in Germany because of the Jews, I think God help us. Man's inhumanity demand, but I'm getting excited about a day when the Lord himself shall descend from heaven. Boy, that make me want to preach just a little bit right there. See, I've got this old fashioned stuff in me and I can't get it out of me. I don't know, I try as hard as I can. I've talked to Joe Arthur about it and when I leave, I'm in worse condition than when I ask him. Uh, it's, uh, he, my point being this, friends, if there was ever a need for a spiritual awakening, it ought to be today. Now, I'm not saying this. Please don't take it abrasive. That's not my personality. I don't do that. But a good friend of mine said in many churches across America, get this, that if the Holy Ghost showed up, they'd give him a visitor card. I wonder what would happen if we'd all get free in the spirit. Now you might say, man, you're talking about emotionalism. No, I'm talking about people that are filled with the Spirit. I'm not saved because of my feelings, but I'm feeling good that I'm saved. Amen. Amen. There ought to be some exuberance. There ought to be some, I don't know, call it whatever you will. There ought to be some excitement. There's nobody going to heaven and saying, oh God. This is kind of nice up here. Why, you outdid yourself. I'll tell you what we're going to do. Brother, we're going to bow at his feet. We're going to say, worthy is the risen lamb. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to say amen and amen to the glory of God. I'm not going to a dead place. I'm going to a lively place. Amen. I've got a cousin that's a funeral director. I hate funeral homes. I wouldn't, listen, I'm just being up front with you. I wouldn't stay in one by myself tonight, not by for a thousand dollars. I don't need the money that badly. <laughs> I called him one night, Miss Janice, and it was cold up home. I was suffering in Florida. And I said, Doug, what's going on up there? And he calls me Doc. He said, oh, Doc, it's cold here. I said, Highway 3 is snow. It's impassable. And I said, what are you going to do? And his lancer started getting my attention. He said, I'm going to stay here at the home. He said, I'm going to get a pillow. I'm going to get a blanket. And I'll lie here in front of the fireplace. I said, is anybody with you? <laughs> he said, yeah, but said he's not talking. <laughs> I said, Doug, I don't care if the snow is up to my waist or my chin. I said, I'm calling for forces in at Pakistan. I'm calling for the UN to offer a resolution. I said, I'm offering for the asking for the Defense Department to send no doubt brigades and send tractors and everything. I am not in that place any longer. Somebody in Newcastle is going to have a visitor tonight that's staying all night with them. Friends, 
Hear me, hear me. When you go back and you read stories of George Whitfield and people like that, George Whitfield actually said this, it's in my book. He said, it's a poor sermon that neither makes the hearer nor the preacher upset with himself. I don't know, Brother Bloom probably, Brother Bloom is way older than I am, but listen. Uh, as Joe Arthur said, Brother Bloom can remember when, uh, when the, uh, you know, that big whale there, Mr. Dick, that he could remember when it was just a small minute. Now I'm simply saying here, uh, we're, we're in a time when you and I, listen, 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 we're gonna get colder if we're not careful and we can go to church every day. We can, that's why this revival coming up, it, it ought to be a revival that changed. You know what the revival ought to do? It ought to change me. Yes. Yes. Boy, if it'd get me excited, wouldn't it be something if I get excited? Oh man, I don't know, I might run over a bench or two. I might get hurt. You see, I'm going. I'm going to a place where the roses never fade. Here they bloom but for a season. Soon their beauty will decay. I'm going to a city where the roses never fade. We lost our little boy to a malignant brain tumor a medulla blastoma, 1979. It about killed us. I still haven't recovered from it. But oh, the joy. Wouldn't it be all right if I shouted just a little bit? Oh, the joy. I want to say that one more time. Oh, the joy when I see him again. I'm ready for that day when the Lord makes his glorious appearing. Amen. To be caught up in the air to meet those that's gone before and then I'll see my Savior. See him first. I believe I'll recognize him, don't you? I believe that we'll recognize one another. Amen. Boy, I feel like preaching tonight. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. They were sad. They were sad. Secondly, there was a sarcasm they could not stand. Isn't it something when the captors or you know, the people that get in charge, they want to rub it in your face? I see a lot of that today. People that know they're as guilty as guilty can be. There's an old newspaper down in McCree County, Kentucky. It says, hew to the lines of truth and let the chips fall where they may. Boy, we need the truth, don't we? I want you to take this home with you. You'll memorize it. Truth becomes hate to those who hate the truth. Truth becomes hate to those who hate the truth. They, they, uh, they don't like the messenger. They, uh, I've got a good friend up in uh, New York, and he told me, he said, I've had more cussing out I go to somebody's house and they'll say, get out of here, we don't want to hear that. You've been here before or whatever. Let me tell you something, neighbor. The time is coming. The time is coming. 70% of the faculty at Harvard University admit to being communists. 
Boy, this just came to me and I gotta, I gotta share it with you. January the 10th, 1963, in the state of Florida, a congressman took a newspaper that had been, I mean, excuse me, an article that had been given to him and he inserted it into the congressional record. It's called the Naked Communist. If you would see that and read it, you would think that you were reading something from the news today. Talks about how to legalize pornography, how to upset the family and make it dysfunctional. Dr. B.R. Lakin said one time, he said, I was glad at home, I was born at home. He said, I always wanted to be close to my mother. Two boys in Hollywood got in a fight. One said, my dad can whip your dad. He said, what do you mean your dad can whip my dad? He said, your dad is my dad. <laughs> That's about where we are today. 80, 90% out of wedlock pregnancies in the bigger cities, crime rampant. People afraid to go and go outside their homes. Let me tell you something. They're turning the screws a little bit tighter every day. I don't know. Now, Dr. Gibbs and some of these others much more sharper than I am. You know, Dr. Gibbs is an attorney. That's nothing wrong with being an attorney. But down in Texas, they put a guy's name on a tombstone said, here lies a lawyer and an honest man. And the fellow said, oh, I can see you're burying them too deep down here. <laughs> Brother Bloom and I ought to just get together and hang out for about four days. Then we would be admitted to some kind of institution. But anyway, I, I'm simply saying this here today. It's, a, it's ironic to me where we have gone today that we can't recognize a woman. The Supreme Court uh, 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 nominee couldn't, told Senator Marsha Blackburn out of Tennessee, in other words, she couldn't identify him. No need to ask me if it's raining. I'm not a meteorologist. <laughs> How could I know if it were raining outside or not? I haven't been skilled in precipitation. I don't know what those water nucleus hold. They've got, they can parse enough words, you know. They've got a thesaurus that they can go to. You know, you, you know they're sharp. Boy, they know how to answer you. They, they can, you know. I, I, I mean, I don't go home and try to impress my wife. Somebody said, we're trying to find a church closest to where we live. And I said, you ought to find closer to where, what you believe. I don't go home to my wife and use big words. What would you think if I went home to her? Oh, my goodness. And I'd say, oh, honey, thou fairest of pulchritude. Colossal are thy amenities. Thy strengths are known throughout the world. She'd say, are you taking drugs? No, I'm going to go home and say hi, lovey. Which reminds me, one day and it'll be a privilege. Oh, my. It'll be a privilege when I get to bow at his feet.
Somebody say amen. amen. Thou art worthy, O Lord, who was, who is, and who's to come. Amen. What a joy that's going to be. My little boy and those that have gone before me. My dad and mother and different ones that I'd like to see again. I believe I'll know them, brother. I believe that I'll know Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I believe I'll know the saints of old. Here we look through a glass darkly, but then we know in part, but even then shall we know as we're also known. Amen. I don't know very much here. Don't say amen. Uh, I told my wife that I was a slow learner. She agreed with it. I don't know why, you know, sometimes we, we, we get what we ask for, you know, it's just, but listen, they, they didn't like it when they said, why don't you give us some mirth? You know what mirth is? That's happiness, joy. Seeing how, you know, uh, years ago when we were growing up down there, we liked folks to get out the fiddle and the banjo. Somebody said, what's the difference between a fiddle and a violin? The fiddle's got strings on it. We, you know, we'd sit on it on the front porch and sing and have a good time. Pass the spam sandwiches around. Boy, it was so good for us. Our arteries would just immediately be self-ameliorating. Boy, you could eat two or three spam sandwiches and you, you, you could uh, whip a bear with a switch. <laughs> you you got to eat the right stuff. I'm serious. Get you two cans of Beanie Weenies on the, home, on the way home tonight. Try, try them. My, my daughter said, oh, Dad, you don't eat that stuff, do you? How about a can of potted meat? You'll be in heaven. I mean, you'll start having angels visiting with you. See, they didn't like it when they said, sing us a song. Thirdly, there was a song they could not sing. Have you ever been to where you just couldn't sing? Bad news came your way. Rodney Griffin's good friend, he's got a song that says, you know, sing it anyway. It has about sing. Sing when you feel like it. Sing when you don't. Do you like to sing? I get a lot of requests. Then go ahead and sing anyway. But <laughs> I'd like to sing a song tonight. But everybody was so good, I didn't want to sing second place. <laughs> I wanted to sing God walks his dear, God leads his dear children along. Do you like that one? I like that song that says, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen here. I like that song. I don't know what kind of a song we're going to sing, but I believe, brother, it may be the song of the redeemed. I know one thing. The angels can't sing it. Amen. No, no, they've never been blood washed. I'm glad today that I'm just a beggar showing other beggars where there's bread. Amen. You can't take the gospel to the wrong address. You can't take the track to the wrong person. Usually I have tracks with me, but I started, I'm just out. I've just run out. I've, I had, 
I got some at home. I think we passed out, not bragging myself, but somewhere around 55,000. Passed out a lot of tracts and trying to make a little difference. We need the presence of God. This place right there is the most important place in the state of Florida. Here, truth goes out. The writer said, who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord shortened? Oh, I'm glad that there is now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Amen. Amen. Do you remember when you got saved, born again? Yes. Do you? Yes, Do you? Yes. I mean, if I fell over right now in this brother's lap here, how do I know that I know that I'm going to heaven? Well, we better know. A lot of times I have to fly quite a little bit. I don't know. I see people out today flying, scary looking people. <laughs> yes, they are. They say there's a United States Marshal on most of the planes. I don't mind to sit in his lap. <laughs> People in there that, ooh, boy, I'm telling you, something's happened to us. It's just like we, we, we head to the bizarre. The abnormal has become normal. The abhorrent has become acceptable. And what God calls reprobate, we call an alternative lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Now in the morning, Ed Henry will do an interview with me. I guess it's in the morning, he always does. Some reason, we met, I don't know, we, I don't agree with everything and sometimes the language, but I'm just trying to do a little part. He'll ask me to pray for the country sometimes. It's an honor that God might allow me to do a little something. If I had done what the expectation level for me was, I'd never be here tonight. You would have never seen my face. But God, <laughs> in his infinite mercy, allowed me to come here at this wonderful church. And it's a blessing. They couldn't sing. Boy, I tell you right now, you'll, you'll reach some places sometimes you can't sing. You let the family fall apart, it's hard to sing. You let divorce get into a family, it's hard to sing. You let financial distress come into a unit and it's hard to sing. Boy, in captivity, it's gonna be hard to sing. I don't know what kind of instruments they might have had with them. Don't know if they had a single one. But they said, sing us, sing us a song of Zion. We'd like to hear one. Strike up the band. They were sad. How are we gonna sing? We've gotta have that determination. Remember this. You're not only singing for the Lord, you're singing to him. Amen. Would you stand with us tonight?